What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I've got my guy Matt Murphy coming on to discuss the Sweet 16. He's also a Purdue fan, haven't done a podcast since the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. So we're going to talk about FDU's upset over Purdue as well. It's an absolutely loaded show. I really hope you enjoy it. Here we go. joining the show what's up buddy yes sir what's up man how we doing we're doing i'm doing well how are you dude i couldn't be better no no place i'd rather be midweek baby i mean they're on the pod with big john i mean i haven't had you on since was it march madness last year i think it was that's we had to run it back we had to run it back man I'm, i'm excited to get going lots to talk about today for sure yes so we're gonna start off on a sour note for you uh purdue and Fairly, oh. fairly D- Dickinson. Jeez, Jonathan. Dickinson. Jeez, Jonathan. Bro, I'm I'm gonna let you go first. <sighs> okay. Well, it. Uh, I I got a lot of texts this weekend. Um, a lot of calls from family, friends, loved ones. I appreciate your support in this time. You're welcome. It, it's difficult. <laughs> you as well. <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it's been a tough couple days here as as a recent Purdue grad and. You know, I I can't say I didn't see it coming, actually, John. I was at the game, the first four games in Dayton. I okay. saw FDU play, and they look good. Okay, and a lot of people coming in to this game, right, they see the height dis- you know, disparity, and yeah. they say, hey, average height is 6'4 on FDU. Oh, you know, Purdue's going to roll. Right? The Not shortest only- team in the country. Yeah, in the entire country, right? And so people see that, and it's like, oh, no, like Purdue's going to roll, blah, 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 blah. Edie's going to have a million points. I, at least what I, w- what I saw – in Dayton was hey this is gonna be it's it it's definitely a height mismatch for sure height doesn't win you games right it's a it's a play style mismatch and I thought it, it advantage FDU they oh, could yeah. shoot one through five mm-hmm. right and 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 in the in the first four game they took away the post pretty well they did they, but they also pressed the whole game yep what has Purdue not done well all season break handle the, press. the press handle the press or break the press so it it, it uh it, that was one where I was in Dayton I text all my friends and family say hey. You know this this could be trouble, right? And 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 not didn't think they would lose, but I didn't think they would roll them either. I yeah. thought it would be a ten point game. I was on the same page with you. I went and got dinner with Amelia, the the fiance beforehand. She's also yeah. a, a Purdue grad. Watched every minute of Purdue basketball this year. Yeah, just we sit down or whatever, and she's like, "So Jonathan, you know, like like what do you think is going to happen?" I was like, "I like Purdue to win." I was like, but this isn't like the line was twenty two. Oh, hammer the yeah, it's F2 a lock cover that for they sure. weren't covering, and for all, all the reasons that you said, they they struggled to break the press all year. FDU did a really good job of defending the post in their first four game, and like the FDU's tough. And yeah, I remember I was sitting down watching the game, and Amelia's brother was there, and he was making these comments, and he was like, some of these guys played like Division two basketball this last year, and so like the talent isn't really there. And look, as a guy who has watched many Division II basketball games, fifth-year seniors at the Division II level can play with yeah. freshman guards like Braden Smith. 100%. And, and we, we saw Lawyer, that. 100%. We saw it happen. 100%. And look, ultimately, Braden Smith just had a bad game. Yeah, seven turnovers. One of six from three. Yep, seven turnovers, one of six. And that that's from your point guard, right? And you look at all the losses Purdue's had this year. It's it's look at Braden Smith's stat line. That's the first place I'm going on a yep. loss. And see, he he really does struggle to take care of the ball in their losses, right? And that's certainly no coincidence. I got a couple uh, couple stats here, a couple metrics for us oh. in the Purdue game. That I, it's reading this like as you take in these stats, do not think of this is Purdue versus FDU. This is just in general, right? And and you'll think, hey, this team's 100 percent going to lose the game if they have stats like this. Six sixteen to eight in turnovers. Yep. Right? Purdue loses. In the turnover battle by half. Purdue okay. five for twenty-seven from three. Oh, hold on, I got I got some. Go ahead, go ahead. Five for twenty-seven from three. Okay, not gonna win a lot of games shooting like that. Thirty-five percent from the floor. Okay, FDU took nine more shots than Purdue did. Okay, and and I could go on. How many offensive rebounds did FDU have in that game? They had eleven, which is insane. Eleven. They had no 15. business. Fifteen. No Purdue. business. Yeah, I mean, when, when you do, when you turn the ball over double the amount when you shoot a lower percentage 
when you take less shots, statistically you lose the game. Like every time, literally it, every time. And and I think it was more telling. Like after you controlled the whole way, right? And, and it was close. I'm not saying they like manhandled them. Yeah. But they were in the lead for the majority, right? For more than half of this game, they were. Okay. And and they did something that not a lot of teams do. Purdue goes on a 10-0 run, which in college basketball, what they call it, the kill shot, right? Yeah. And and they survived the kill shot because guess what? They they were in control most of the game, right? Yeah. Purdue had that one little run in the second half, but man, it it was uh it was hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. For it, sure, it really was. And I think there's two stats here that I think really sum up the game. One, any time you turn the ball over a higher number of times than the percentage you shoot from three. Mm. It was really close. They shot like 19% from three, and they turned over 16 times. But if it's that close, you're probably going to lose. And Zach Eady only got one shot in the last 12 minutes of the game. And here is my question for you. Okay. Because this has been – I feel like there's two sides of this argument when it comes to Matt Painter. There's part of the argument is, is it really his fault? They had open looks. They just didn't make three-point shots that they usually make. The other side of it is, Zach Eady got one shot in the last 12 minutes. Yeah. Why, why was he not able to scheme something to get Zach Eady the best, the guy who's going to win the National Player of the Year more than likely? Yeah, 100% he Why is. didn't he yeah. do anything to get him the ball? And, uh, John, it's it's the age-old question. And, and there are a lot of Purdue people that have started to question Painter, especially after, I mean, you look at the last four exits, right, 12 seed. 13 seed, 15 seed, 16 seed, last four seasons. Yeah. Right. And and you're a you're a power five team that has that done phenomenal phenomenally in the Big Ten. And I, part of this is is Painter's system is built to win in the Big Ten. Not the but tournament. Has not done well in the tournament at all. Right. And he's just built his whole team around, hey, how can I win in the Big Ten? You turn around and you look at all these losses, those those high double digit seeds that they've lost, all four of them have in common. They're smaller but more athletic, mm-hmm. right? Defensively, they're going to pressure up on the ball, and guess what? Purdue's not built to handle pressure. Yeah. And and additionally, they're they're less organized on offense, but they're also better at scoring on a broken play, right? Purdue is so so structured, which is yeah. phenomenal in some circumstances, especially the Big Ten. It rewards you being right, and I don't know if it's the referees, just how other teams are built as well. Purdue can't score on a broken plays. If, if you disrupt them, their timing, especially with the press, a lot of what that did is it doesn't just turn you turn you over. It gets you out of rhythm in your half court because their yeah. sets take so long to develop. So, um, you know, I think part of that is a system thing where he's, he's so rigid in his system I've, and has been. It's tough to adjust. But in terms of the – I think this is why he didn't get the ball. Part of it was – the players were just scared. They were scared to shoot. Oh my gosh. They were scared to just throw the ball up. It's 7-4 versus 6-5. Yeah. And, and if 6-5 dude's fronting him, I'm thinking, hey, great, throw it up. Well, Even they if doubled sh- him on the backside, which was so interesting. That's something you ha- I've really never seen a team do is double somebody off the ball. Yeah. And Purdue just, yeah. I mean, they FDU went into that game and they're like, look, if we leave guys open for three and Purdue makes them, we're going to get beat. Yeah. But if they don't, we've got a chance. Yeah, and good for them. Good for them. I and and here's my thought is they're the way they defended it wasn't that it was a pure double so it's like there are ways that you can get around a a, a shading over all the way like before the pass, right? And the, the pretty I'll give I'll give Painter credit in the first half he did it a couple of times where Edie's getting to catch and he's not even dribbling. He's just turning around and dunking. Yeah. Like that's how easy if he gets a touch deep that it is. Yeah. You feel like he they would have done more instead of just saying, Hey, go Go get it to Zach. Like, here's how we're going to get it to Zach. And like, there's there's certainly ways you can scheme. And 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 you know, as a coach, right? As someone who coaches at a JV high school high school basketball level, there are ways that you can scheme off ball to even some movement and away screen. There's so many things you can do, and you have to know that they're going to take away the best player in the country or try yeah. to. And that's not an excuse for not getting him the ball. I agree. So, 100 percent, like Painter has got to look in the mirror and say, hey. How, that 12-minute stretch, he takes one shot. How? Last thing on Painter before we move on, and we talked about his structure and how that's yeah. part of the issue as to why they aren't winning in March. Could part of it be the way that he recruits? Yeah. Because, look, I, I think that this doesn't just apply to Purdue. I think this applies to Big Ten, to the Big Ten across the board, and why outside of Michigan State, they don't win games in March. It is such a conference dependent on dominant big men. And, it, look, it's said every year, 
And if you've been listening to the podcast for the last couple of weeks, you've heard me say it a million times. The tournament, it's all about guards. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see the SEC, who is known for having big athletic guards, do well in the tournament these last few years because that's just been of movement at Alabama. It's been a movement at Arkansas. A&M had good guards this year. Missouri had good guards this year, even though they lost to Princeton. That's, yeah, I still can't that believe that happened. Yeah. But and same thing with the Big East this year. Like They have really good guard play, and that is just something that the Big Ten doesn't have, and that's why they struggle. Yeah, and, and, and again, he, he recruits and he builds his system around winning the Big Ten, and, and you've done a great job of that, right? He's done a phenomenal job. I, I wrote down one of my first notes, you know, was big struggle for the Big Ten. It, it, and, and it's not just a Pander thing, but I think Purdue's the epitome of the problem in the Big Ten, yeah. which is we're going to be very, very structured on offense. I, and, you too. Well, look at MSU. Michigan State's probably the least structured offense yes. in the Big Ten, or one of, right, in terms of the higher-level Big Ten teams. And look where they're at. They're, they're past the first weekend. They're in the Sweet 16. There's, they beat Marquette. Yeah. It was a good basketball team. And I was, I, was, I was at that game as well. I was in Columbus, and Michigan State controlled the whole way. Guess yep. what? They didn't shoot the ball well. Nope. Right? But they have really, really good but, wing and guard and they, play, and they, and they win the game. And they, and they defend. defend. And they, hey, guess what? They can score on a broken play as well. The yes, amount of times they, they just went ISO. Purdue does not cannot have a guy or doesn't have a guy on the roster that can break someone down one on one and get a good shot yeah. from the perimeter. It just doesn't happen. So I think it's more of an issue of the Big Ten as a whole. Obviously, you have eight teams. You have one team make it to the second weekend. Mm, tough. And, but I, I do think, to your point, Painter and Purdue are the epitome of that problem, which is we're we're recruiting and our system is built to big in the, to win in the Big Ten, and it just hasn't happened. And you, I don't think until you change something. You're going to continue losing to 12, 13, 15, 16 seeds. You look around and said, oh, that's just bad luck. I had a couple friends say, oh, that's just bad luck. You know, they've got the worst. No. No, it's not. It's crazy to think it is. Yeah, I mean, they're losing to teams that are smaller, that are more athletic, that are just better broken play scorers, right, that can that can score in less structure. Better athletes, better defender. Yeah, you'll lose games. Yeah, so I, I agree. Uh, we got to stop talking about this man, no, we're before good. I lose it. All right. <laughs> okay, so for your sake. Okay, all right. Appreciate you, man. So moving on <laughs> to the Sweet 16, we're going to kind of work through the games. We'll review or, yeah, review some of the stuff fr- from the first weekend. Okay. So we're going to start in the top left of the bracket in the south, Alabama, San Diego State. And I think Alabama is arguably the best offensive team in the country. There are very few teams who are as efficient, not only obviously shooting the three with Nate Oates, like you know that's that's something that that team's going to do, but they they can score inside too. Like they've won multiple games this year where they've shot like 27% from three, and they figured out ways to win, and not winning like 68 to 64, winning like 82 to 70. And so offensively, I think they're tough, but San Diego State Mm. plays high-level defense. Absolutely. So it's, it's an absolute clash of two styles. Who do you like, and what are you excited about in this game? All right, we're going to row with Bama in this one, I think. But they're favored 7.5. I think that number is lower than expected, probably just because of, like you mentioned, how good um, San Diego State is on defense. If I, I think the number I have in my head, if San Diego State can keep Bama or keep the game under, we'll say 67. I was, 60, I was any, anywhere in between 65 and 70, really. The game is... Uh, lower scoring than that, I actually think San Diego State actually has a chance. Um, just because, like you mentioned, great defensive team and definitely overlooked. I think they're they're a team that a lot of people had Charleston to beat right in that first round, and uh, you know, it, and again, very overlooked. Uh, Charleston, good team, but a lot of people are picking that upset. I, I love that San Diego State is here in this spot. I can't see them beating Bama again, especially if it is going to be a higher scoring game. Um, tough task because it Alabama is. can really score the ball. They can. And here is here's the one thing I like about San Diego State, and the, I'm not going to pick them, but if I was, this is why I would pick them. They have one freshman who averages 10 minutes a game. Mm. No other freshman play. Everybody else is a junior or a senior. And when you have experience like that, even when you aren't as talented, look, experience is the trump card in March, it seems like. Yeah. Like, that's why we have upsets, yeah. you know, with these – you know, these double-digit seeds beating these top seeds. It's usually a team with a whole bunch of seniors, especially now with COVID. Seniors aren't 22, they're 24. Like, that that matters. Yeah, And so that is the one thing San Diego State really has going for themselves. Now, with that being said, like, Alabama's got a few seniors, and obviously they've got maybe the most talented player in college basketball in in Brandon Miller. Yeah. 
So I'm with you. I, I would take Alabama to beat them. I will add really quick. People forget San Diego State top twenty top twenty team in the country. Oh yeah, right, coming in. Like I, I think that's what people lose touch in, in terms of hey, all season we have this top twenty five list is uh, oh top twenty five matchups are talked about all the time. People forget that that doesn't go away in the tournament. Like we no. can't forget that San Diego State coming in is an 18, 18th in the country. Yeah, right. And so I they're agree. good. They're a good basketball team. Um, but yeah, I do like. I do like Bama to win. I probably I would say I like San Diego State to cover if that's if it's under. So cover the seven and a half if it's under sixty five. If it's above sixty five, I like Bama to cover. Okay, fair enough. Creighton and Princeton. I don't I don't think we had to spend too much time on this. Oh, we do. You're clapping. Dude, I no no, I'm just I love Creighton so much. Oh. I love Creighton. Me too. They oh. are they're one of the most talented teams in college they basketball. Really are. They really There's are. a reason why they were ranked in the preseason top ten. Yep, they've been banged up. They're finally healthy, and when they've been healthy, they've played some fantastic basketball. They ran Baylor out of the building. Out of the building. Now, with that being said, on Kim Palm, Baylor has the number one hundred and third ranked defensive efficiency in the country, so they're terrible yes. defensively. Yes, but what, the final score. I mean, they held Baylor eighty five seventy six. No, it was eighty. But it, I think that part of that was the late in game stuff. Yeah, like, where you, Creighton you defend played, a little differently when it, when you're up fifteen, up yeah. twenty late. So Creighton played great. They, yeah. I, I love them. I, I don't, really do. I don't think this game's going to be close. I don't either. I, the line's at nine and a half. I like That's I like it. Creighton to cover. I really do. Oh, yes. Great for – and we got to shout out Princeton. Though. Oh. We have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, great for you guys. Their first time making the Sweet 16 since, like, <laughs> I think the 60s or something like yeah. that. A long time. And, yeah, like, any time it's, – it's the Ivy League, too. Yeah, man, the smart you know, guys. The, the Ivy guys, League we'll The Ivy League got as many teams in the Sweet 16 <laughs> as the, the Big, Big Ten. Ten. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean – Oh man! Well, hey, I yeah, I want to give props. Want to shout out uh, the the freshman who was like oh, an yeah. all conference freshman. He is Alec Pierce's brother, so Indiana local uh, local talent here. Princeton's well, head local, coach is from Indiana, dude. I see. I like this Princeton team. I really do. Oh yeah, but Creighton wins by ten plus. We can oh, move on. without a doubt. Moving we love on. Creighton. Love Creighton. Moving on to the East, FAU and Tennessee. So, look, let's just be honest. FAU caught an absolute break yep. playing FDU. That game was really close. They pulled away with about two minutes left. And I'll be honest, I don't think they have a, they don't have a chance playing this, this big, physical, athletic, yeah. volunteer team. And this is what I think is going to happen. FAU in Tennessee, it'll be a really close game for the first 30 minutes. And then the last 10 we'll see the physicality really wear on FAU. And I think it'll be a game where Tennessee ends up winning by like 12 points and they just pull away late. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind that. I, the line's at four and a half, which and I think people are surprised at that. FAU is on paper, at least in, in, in the eye test and the layup lines, I always call it. I was in Columbus to watch the FDU. It was supposed to be Purdue FAU, but yeah, it ended up being FDU, um, <laughs> FAU. And really fun atmosphere, fun game. They've, they've got – we were sitting in the FAU section, and they've got awesome fans. But one of the things you'll notice is they're really balanced in terms of their – they got two big guys, right? One's a seven-footer. Not crazy skilled, but he's big body. Big body. And the, the their backup center as well, I think, is really skilled. Bigger body as well. Not as tall, but you know, definitely well-built. Two, two big bodies that you can rotate in and out. So they do have size at the five. I think where Tennessee beats them phys- physicality-wise is going to be at the wing and guard spots, right? And, yeah. And I think FAU's guards are talented and skilled, but to your point, I think physically at the wing spot specifically is going to be difficult for them. Um, I, I do th- I, I do think this game will be close for a little bit. Uh, just seeing what Tennessee did to Duke, who's been – Duke's been playing and amazing just, basketball, and they ran them out of the freaking gym. They I did mean, the same thing to them. They just wore them down. Just yep. got really physical with them. Now, part of – I hate saying this, um, but if if officiating's tight and FAU makes their free throws and things like that, th- they can win this game if if that happens, if, if the game is, if. is officiated huge a certain if. way. Huge if. And um, I don't we just want to completely dismiss FAU like I did to start. <laughs> uh, Davis, love loved the starting point guard for right. FAU. Is that the kid from Gary? John L. Davis. The kid from Gary, Indiana? They're, Maybe. Whoever they're, the guy who's been playing really well from the – I think it's a guard spot. Yeah, Davis. Yeah, he's – I'm pretty sure he's from Gary. Oh, and he's go. He's played well. Yeah, love it. Another Indiana connection here. Here we go, man. <laughs> Basketball state. But, yeah, he uh, 
he's a great player, and he's kind of like their alpha when when they've needed him down the stretch. He's the one who showed up. And yep. One one a shout out as well. That Memphis FAU game in round one was fantastic. Oh yes, right? it was fantastic. So that's a, that was a great win. Obviously, um, they did kind of. I think they tore with their food a little bit with FDU. I was again. I was at that game. They kind of they were they were in the driver's seat and kind of let FDU. They made some shots and felt like they were not. They were acting like a like Purdue did against F, FDU, which is like, hey, we're going to win the game. We don't really need to show up. So. I think they're better than they played against FDU. Uh, I still think I do like Tennessee to win. Probably, uh, I would say, I would. De- I like Tennessee to cover the four and a half. I'll put it that way. Okay. So, okay. That'll be an interesting one, though. So this might be my favorite matchup next: Michigan State, Kansas State. Mm. Here's my favorite stat: in the opening weekend, Kansas State scored 75 plus in both games. Michigan State didn't allow more than 62 points. Mm. You know, got a very similar feel to Alabama and San Diego State, except I like Michigan State to win. Really? Okay. Tom Izzo in March. I just, yeah. it's one of the rules of, of March. You don't bet against Tom Izzo, especially when they're taking on a team in Kansas State who doesn't have a ton of experience in March, a head coach in Jerome Tang, who is awesome. I love him. Great guy. Just Been so getting a great. lot of love on social media. Yeah, and great he should. Guy. He's so great. Um, but with that being said, he doesn't have the experience that Izzo has, and that's that's the big word in March. And man, it's Tom Izzo, and I'm not I'm not yeah. gonna pick against him. Yeah, he. I hate saying this out loud. I I've had a close friend that works in the NCAA tell me that Michigan State is the absolute worst to be around. That they're that they're rude and nobody says thank you when you're holding a door. It's they're something from Michigan. So simple. What do you expect? <laughs> Um, but still, man, like, like it said, Izzo is just so rude and, and just not appreciative at all. And now it's like in comparison to the rest of the big 10 teams that she has had a chance to work with. I, I don't love seeing him, him and this team specifically in the, and in, in I was at, again, I was at the Michigan state Marquette game. And I promise you that's the last game I was at. I know I've said okay, that no, about eight fine. times. I think but, it's awesome that you went to all these games. Marquette, Michigan state, man, seeing the way that they, I mean, they controlled the game. I mentioned earlier. They controlled the game without shooting the ball well. They at one point were shooting; they were seven percent from three, like mid second half. And I'm like, Jeez. they haven't made shots, and they're they they led the whole way, um, and, and really dominated Marquette the whole time. So, yeah. or at least we're in control. I don't know about dominated, but all that to say, they're favored in this one against K State. Yeah, but uh, one and a half. Yeah, one and a half. And I I think I'm gonna roll with K State here. This was one okay. that. As I was, you know, looking at the bracket, it was like this is going to be a toss up. I, I think it's a pick 'em, um, and I'm going to go with K State. I really like the Keontae Johnson story. Oh, the, he's the he's a great player. Forget great, the story. He was a great he play. Just, he yeah, play. he's a phenomenal player. But I think it was shot of his career. Oh yeah, uh, that that step back he hit there, you know, in round two to uh, really kind of ice Kentucky. Um, yeah. I, I I, I think I like K State. I like them to keep it rolling, um, and, and mainly because I, I think they Keontae is going to be a tough matchup for whoever. I'm assuming Michigan State will put Hogard on him, and well, I'll, again, I'll give I'll give Izzo their credit. Like, good for you. You won two games, and I know a lot of people are picking them to win. I mainly because it's a pick 'em, it's a toss up. I'm going with K State just because I don't want Michigan State to win. I, I really don't like Tom Izzo that much. We appreciate the, the um, That's yeah. fair. But I do think this is a game, though. I, I think the wings and guards will determine the outcome, right? I think their bigs, both teams' bigs, are really just role players that, that are going to finish, yeah. finish, you know, dump downs and, and, and lobs. But from a scoring perspective, they don't really rely on these guys a ton. It's going to be – they're going to be doing a lot of the rebounding, so a lot of the dirty work. The guards and wings are going to determine it. And I would lean towards – I think Kansas State has better wings. Um, I'm And I know they have a better guard. I don't think they have the best guard in the game. I forget his name. No. Yeah, he, the five not, foot eight point yeah, guard. Not a lot of people could stay in front of him. So he's so good. Um, I think well, yeah, whichever scores, team's wings think, and guards play better scored, won the game. He's got he scored like forty seven points and dished out twenty three assists over, over their first two games. There like you go. he's there you go. He's he's awesome. So, yeah, he's great. Yeah, I'll take K State, but again, wings and guards will determine. So we'll see. That that's a that's a good one though. That's a really good matchup. So I I didn't ask you. So you like who do you like to win the South? I didn't ask you that. Oh, I like Bama. Yeah, I like Bama. I, I like Creighton. Do you? I do. Okay. So I like that. No, I I love that. That's a great sleeper pick. 
And I will I will add this for the record. I did have Creighton going to and almost all my brackets that I had put together, I had Creighton winning at least two games. That's and, impressive. And, and three three in most cases. I did I I think it's a tough match. again, I, I do think that they can give them a, like a battle. That's gonna be a much better game than San Diego State Bama. 100%, I agree. Hundred percent of the I agree. So it'll and depend then, on Nemard. I, I think he played really well the other day. He had thirty, he's I think, so in, good, man. against Baylor. He'll be a big one if they end up facing right. Got to get through the 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 you know the mighty Princeton first, but it's, you do. They're good. <laughs> yeah, they're They've, a good team. Look, Give them credit. Look, Give them credit. If you can beat Arizona, you can beat almost anybody. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then who do you like to come out of the East? I like Tennessee. I, I think whoever whoever wins that game between Michigan State and Kansas State is going to get beat by Tennessee, which I am shocked. I I thought Duke would beat Tennessee. I, did this too. Was, I thought Duke would be in this position. I had Duke in my final four. Yeah, I I figured this would be them. Um, and if it wasn't going to be them, and Purdue lost, I was going to say, hey, maybe Marquette. But yeah, give Tennessee credit, man. I, I do think, yeah, I've got them coming out of the East. And well, I guess we'll talk about the final four here in a little bit. But so I uh, I've got Michigan State actually winning really? the East. So you got Creighton and Michigan State in your final four. I uh, wow. I will Venmo you five dollars if that happens. <laughs> okay, that's I probably, good. You go buy yourself a four for four if that happens. Man, Ziegler, that's crazy. Ziegler being out is going to cost Tennessee at some point, and I think Michigan State's going to be the first team. Michigan State or Kansas State really is going to be the first team they see with good enough guard play that not having Ziegler is really going to impact the game for Tennessee. Yeah, no, he's a big loss. People forget. People really forget that how good he is, right? And, and you mentioned earlier, right? Experienced guards. Yeah, it matters. It matters a lot, right? And to not have your guy, right? To not have the, your engine, um, it will matter. So, bold play, Jonathan. I, I kind of like it, though. I it's, like it's it. It's been a crazy year. Let's just I make like it as it. crazy as possible like at this it. point. Well, you, I mean, you could have been crazy and sent Princeton to play. Oh, I'm not. not no, I said, you're not crazy, insane. not suicidal. Yeah, <laughs> not insane. <laughs> you get locked up for that. So, but. moving on to the Midwest, this game, this Houston-Miami game, I, I don't know what to do with. Because I, I see a scenario where Miami can beat Houston by, like, 15. I, I see a scenario where Houston can win by 15. And this is just another clash in styles. Miami's got all these guards who can score. And Houston is built to play defense. Yeah. And they've got Sasser, obviously, on offense, who makes it work for them. And, you know, like, we saw what they did to Auburn. They're down by yeah. 10 in the second half, and Auburn yeah. scored, like, 20 points. Yeah. So this is a team that can defend, but Miami can score, and their guards look so good. This is a game that I, I really don't know what to do with it. So I'm so I'm just going to give it to you. Oh, well, hey, <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you did because I do know what to do with this. Houston's going to win the game, but I, I I think people forget Houston is now 33-3. and They are. They've lost three games in 36. That Jeez. is, I mean, they're a good team. Oh, yeah. They're a good team. And – Miami against Indiana, you look at Indiana's trajectory all the second half of the season. It's I'm going to play well one game, I'm going to play not so well the next. Yeah. IU played awful. I I I see that game as more IU just didn't show up. That Miami won all the 50-50 balls. They feel like they just outworked Indiana. They scored 85 points too. So I I I mean you can't zoom on over and say, "Oh yeah, they didn't Miami just didn't play well. Indiana was bad." But Indian is a much different team than Houston. Indian has oh, been yeah. so inconsistent. They didn't show up, right? And Miami rolls them, and then all of a sudden, people are saying, oh, Miami over Houston. No, I Houston, again, I they have shown, and one thing I love in March is teams that have shown, hey, I'm going to face some adversity and overcome it. Being down 10 against Auburn. Adversity. Miami overcame was, it. Mi- overcame it. They ended up winning that game by 15. Miami was down to Drake. Okay. And well, hey, adversity from adversity. Miami. There you go. Okay. But all that being said, I'm going to go with the team who has faced adversity. Uh, and, and sure, Miami Miami losing to Drake might be adversity. Houston has overcome adversity way more because they've only lost three games. That's so fair. I think I'm going to roll with them here. Uh, I love Nigel Pack. I really, lo- I was hoping Purdue would get him in the transfer portal last year. Uh, love Nigel Pack for the, for Miami, but yeah, it, this is an interesting game, though. It really is. It is I, a really interesting game. But to I, make it interesting, I'll I'll take Miami. And I like it. Here's I like here's it. what I'm hanging my hat on. Okay, Miami has four guys averaging 13 points or more per game. Three of those guys are guards. Mm, and we guard look play, at, man. And we look at Houston. Sasser averages 17. They've got one guy who averages 11, and another guy who averages averages 10. 
And that's really all the offense that they have. I feel like their offense is so dependent on Sasser mm. to make things happen that at some point he's going to have a game where he just doesn't play at his normal level. Maybe yeah. that's he just doesn't shoot as well as normal. Maybe a team schemes him really well defensively and they not lock him up because he's a really good player and that's not going to happen. But he just struggles in, at some capacity. Yeah. that That's bound to happen at some point, I feel like. And I let's just say it happens against the U. Okay. Hey. They, I, I will. I did have this in my notes. Houston's favorite seven by seven and a half. I love Miami to cover. This. Oh yeah, love Miami to cover. I think it will be a close game. I just again, I, Houston's won a lot of close games. Um, they, they've been down and they've come back. Yeah, I, I, I like Houston, but yeah, definitely by less than seven. seven. I so, agree. Should be a good one. Xavier, Texas. I, I didn't think about this one. I, 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 I didn't think about it. It's I, Texas. It is Texas. It's Texas. I agree. It's Texas. Texas is so tough. I will say, Xavier can score with anybody. Sure. But Texas, yeah. I feel like Texas is the most complete team left. Offensively Close, and, sure, yeah. and and defensively, they've got guards who can score. They have experienced guards. They've got big guys. They rebound. Obviously, they play defense. Um, But it's one of those things with Xavier where Xavier could get hot and just shoot the lights out and win. Yeah. I mean, any of these I don't teams could get hot and fair. shoot the lights out, but I think you're right. I, I, I think Texas, I would, I don't know about most complete, but they're definitely in the conversation because they, I, I really like them a lot. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I, I, you see I, I the really two teams. I'm, I'm rolling with Texas, and if Xavier gets hot and shots and shoot shoots better than they normally do and wins the game, I'll shake their hand and say, "Hey, well done." You like Texas to win the, the Midwest or Houston? Uh, I, I like Texas. I'll tell you right now. I like Texas as well. I am going to play devil's advocate, though, and I guess it's not that advocate because Houston's a one seed, but I am going to roll with Houston. I think too many people are like, oh, they've got some injuries. Oh, I just, they've won they've won games, man. That's what they do. Um, it's hard for me because I love Texas a lot, and coming into this conversation, I didn't know what I would pick, but because you picked Texas, I'm going with Houston. Fair enough. Um, and I like kinda, it. Kind of talked myself into that one, so. <laughs> okay. Mo- moving on to the West. Gonzaga and, and UCLA. We're going to save the Hogs for last. Oh, as we should. Okay. Dude, awesome game. This is so cool. The rematch of... People think dude. this is an awesome game. I'll be honest. Hear, hear me out. No. I would not be surprised. I don't think this will happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA won this game comfortably. Wow. And look, Gonzaga looks good. They beat a tough TCU team. Okay, UCLA barely edges Northwestern. But here's here's the truth of the matter. UCLA has two of the best guards in the country between Tyler Campbell and Jamie, I always say his name Hawkes. wrong, Hawkes. Tommy Hawkes, yeah. Pac-12 Player of the Year, averaging 21-8. and eight. They're both seniors who have played in a national championship game. Okay. So, experienced guards who can score the basketball. UCLA is the definition of... Of built to win the tournament. Their top five scorers, all guards, none of them mm. average over two and a half turnovers a game. So they've got guards who can control the pace, who aren't going to turn it over, and can score. And because of the way that their offense is ran, when a play breaks down, they've got multiple guys yeah. who can go score. And we were talking about the Big Ten earlier and like the structure of which that they play, and that can be kind of tough come March. Is Gonzaga not built the same way? Similar, they're 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 in between. They're they're, they're a little bit more free flowing. Yeah, I, I would say the Big Ten emphasizes post touches more than most teams, and Gonzaga is obviously a team with Temi that they they do run out of the post. It is a much different structure. I feel like yeah, it's like a looser structure where um, there's a lot of freedom. Whereas if you look at a team like Purdue, they're not going to have as much. That's um, fair. But I'm surprised you don't think. I think I think it's just a cool story. Right. Oh, it is. I, I mean, I agree. going back to when they played last and Suggs hits that game winner when, when there's no one in the stands because the of great. COVID. Like, awesome story. Um, I, and I, it's a cool game as well. I do like UCLA. Um, I think they're favorite. Again, this is another pick them. It's one and a half. I think losing Jalen Clark, though, if, if Jalen Clark's playing in this game, I think UCLA wins by five-plus and maybe even That's double fair. digits. Jalen Clark's, a, I mean, a candidate for defensive Actual- player. Yeah, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, there you go. And, and a candidate for, for National Defensive Player of the Year. And, and one of the better, more athletic players you'll see, in, on a, especially on the defensive end. I love love watching him play. Have had a very impressive run without him. I think 
they've won. One thing I like about both teams, they they win in gritty game in the second round, right? Yeah. TCU game was a grind for Gonzaga, right? TCU was up early in that one. And then Northwestern, I love Northwestern oh, I, yeah. a lot. Sc- I, scrappy bunch. Scrappy bunch and with good, experienced senior guards. So good team there, both with good wins. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the team that – yeah, I'm going to go with UCLA. I, I was trying to talk yeah. myself into Gonzaga. It's but really I can't, hard to. I do think this will be a close game, and I do think, uh, you know, give give Suggs, the memory of that Suggs shot will, I think, live oh, yeah. live in the heads of UCLA this week, and, and, and I do like UCLA to win. It'll be a close one, though. It'll be a close one. It might be. We'll see. <laughs> I really, disagree. I really I th- like UCLA. I think it'll be a close one. Arkansas-UConn. I can't wait to battle you on this. Really? I cannot wait. Okay. Because I know who you're picking. <laughs> and the winner of this game that I have picked is going to go to the Natty. So really, oh yeah, okay, oh yeah. So okay, let's let's preview this properly. I came prepared. Arkansas for this and UConn are two of the most talented teams in the country. There's a reason why Arkansas was a preseason top ten team. There's a reason why UConn was ranked the number one ranked team in the country for a few weeks there early on in the season. Yep. This game is going to be an absolute slugfest. This game is going to be so physical. Two teams pounding the ball inside. I'm excited. And for me, the question's really simple as to who's going to win this game. Can Arkansas defend Jordan Hawkins? He's UConn's best scoring no. guard. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Look, I know I'm probably I'm, I'm going to butcher his name. Sunogo. Yeah. Look, he's he's their leading scorer at like 18 a game, and he draws a lot of attention, and he should because he's a great player. But he's only 6'9", which makes me feel better because Arkansas has a lot of size. They have multiple bodies to throw at him throughout the course of the game between Kamani Johnson, okay. the Mitchell twins, Jalen Graham off the bench. Uh, Jordan Walsh is like 6'7", with a 7'3", wingspan. If he got switched on to him, do I like it? No, but am I okay with it? Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And so, for me, like it, it comes down to Hawkins. And you watch the Kansas game. I, ultimately, it comes down to Jordan Walsh. He mm. took away one of the best scores in the country in Jalen Wilson. And look, if, if he defends at that level again, it's going to be really tough on Hawkins to score at the same rate that he does. Like, look, he's one of the best scorers in the country. He's going to score the basketball. But if he goes through like a 10-minute stretch where he doesn't score, and look, Arkansas is built to play defense. You've got Black at the one who's six foot seven, projects as a high level defender. Nick Smith, six five, tall, long. Devo, six four, tall, long. Like they, they are built to, to defend guards like Hawkins. And because of that, I'm I'm gonna take Arkansas. On this one note, Arkansas has to shoot seventy five percent from the free throw line to win. Mm. That's been a major issue for them all year. If you look at a lot of their regular season losses. They've given games away because they haven't made free throws. When you look at their game against Kansas, they shot 80% from the line. That's why they won. When you look at their game against Illinois, they shot 22 of 30. I don't know, the or some, something along those lines. And that's why they won. They're, they're able to put the game away because of that. Mm. If they make their free throws, I, I, I like them to win. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you guys, you listeners out there, a picture into what I'm looking at right now. He's wearing a hog shirt. Okay. <laughs> this was thing. Okay. I'll let you Eric Musselman, undefeated in, in his career when he has five days or more to prep. Okay. And and, and how many days does more does than he have five to prep? Okay. Uh again, John this is coming from a man who is wearing an Arkansas shirt I right know. now. And this was no surprise. I knew this coming in. And I was most excited to talk about this actually. Yeah, fair um, enough. I came with numbers. Okay. okay, I, I like came it. with numbers. I think UConn is the most, one of the most undervalued, or yeah, I mean they're a four seed. I think they're really more like a two seed. I, they are a wagon. Okay, seventeen assists a game as a team. Okay, they win the boards almost every single game. They shoot forty percent, forty six percent from the field. Okay, which mm-hmm. which it, in the game now where teams take a lot of threes. And UConn really is no good. exception. That is that is a pretty good percentage from the. F- they're deep, man. They're they deep, are. bro. They go so deep, and you couldn't tell the difference between their number eight guy on their or their number three guy. I mean, they're. I think when you said the most complete team, you're talking about Texas. I think it's UConn, and that, mm-hmm. I have UConn going to the Natty. Okay, I obviously have this when them winning this game. I love UConn. Okay, have oh, have this too. whole tournament. 
um, have most of the year, to be honest. I got cold there for a while, but I think the shirt stays on for Must Bus. Okay? okay. Shirt's going to stay on. My pick UConn to win by more than five. Really? Okay? And then they're going to go beat whoever wins U- Gonzaga, UCLA. So, what is is it simply a you like UConn so much? that you're not even going to consider Arkansas? Or is there something about UConn that you think Arkansas is going to struggle with? No, it, I, I number one, I will say it's both. Okay. Really? I love UConn. And, I, and I, again, I let you know that. I love UConn. Yeah, for sure. I think it is the fact they can do it in, in multiple ways, right? And, and I think specifically their bigs are going to be tough, right? They're going to be – and Arkansas, with size or without size – I think they will struggle with UConn's bigs. I really do. I think so. I, I really don't know. Do. I really do. The Mitchell Twins have played really well all year, and if you get just a normal game from them, I mean, they both de- defend the rim at a high level. Are they super great offensively? No, but they anchor the defense really, really well. Yeah. I mean, they do, and and again, that that is just me saying I think while that might be a strength, I, I, do, I do like UConn's bigs. Um, and then – it's not that I have anything against Arkansas. I just, you know, part of it's because you're wearing that shirt. On. <laughs> okay. um, Fair enough. And, and trust me, I'm thrilled. Like, I, I love that Arkansas is in this spot. I was so happy for you and, and, oh, and yeah. the rest of the must-bust train. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm not going to lie, dude. There's been a lot of teams that have played UConn as of late. I mean, Iona has won, right? And and their coaches are walking away saying this is the best team we've seen all year, and it's not close, right? And and, and, and I think there's a reason for that. They're playing really good basketball all at the right time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, yeah, there's not like a one matchup that I look at and say, hey, I feel way better. Like the reason why they're going to win is this. I just think it's a, the most complete team. In I think that's left. I really do. Um, they can, like I said, I, I think they're depth as well. Right. I, I say they go deep. And you really, there's not a steep drop off. Right. There's not between starter and number eight on the roster. So, okay. Um, yeah, and and I think that that's seventeen assists a game number. I think is probably another one. In you're no longer just relying on one guy to go break break you down. For sure, right? They play together. Um, yeah, they which do. I'm biasedly. I love that. Yeah, right? and I love it. So and winning the boards is big too. So, um, yeah. All that to be said. Sorry, um, the hogs are dead. The I don't hogs know, man. Are dead man in the water. I I don't They're know, man. Toast. Arkansas looked so good these last two games. They've rebounded extremely well. They've done all, like all the little things that they didn't do during the regular season. They've done these last two games. They've rebounded. They've made free throws. And the thing that I really like about Arkansas is that their floor is beating Kansas. Now let, let me fully explain this. Okay. When we look at the way that Arkansas plays, they don't make a lot of threes. You know, they'll take you know eleven or twelve a game. They'll make like three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you're only going up from there. Like, they've had games where, like, they may come out and make, like, you know, 5 of 12. That's big. Nick Smith Jr., a guy who came into the season as a potential top five NBA pick, a guy who can score with anybody yeah. in the country, a guy who I've seen go toe-to-toe with Brandon Miller on the road in Alabama, scored 24. Like, if, if that yeah. guy shows up, I, I genuinely don't know how – UConn would win if that version of Nick Smith was to show up because he didn't show up against Kansas and Arkansas was still able to score. Part of that was you know having a senior guard and Devo, you know score twenty score twenty one and a half. And that's that's the other thing too. This is an Arkansas team that has had guys who have played here like in this yeah. Sweet Sixteen spot yeah. and that experience is important. I know we talked about that a whole bunch. And once again, man, must bust. Eric Musselman doesn't lose when he's got five five or more days to prep. And that's a huge stat. I mean, and not even just that. Like, we saw him adjust on the fly playing matchups against Kansas. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, no, that part of, yeah. that's part of what made that game so great. It was good coach. The, the coaching adjustments. And I just, it's really hard to pick against him. Well, tell him. You let him know. He can eat whatever he wants. He doesn't have to worry how, how about how good he <laughs> okay, looks on yeah. TV because his shirt's staying on, baby. And here's, I'm rolling with, with UConn. And here's here's the thing. It's it's just a tradition now, you know? <laughs> no, it is. Every, I love every, that he did it. Every, every I, I March. Do. Every March, you know, since Eric Musselman's taken over and there's been an NCAA tournament, they've made the Elite Eight. And every March, I've I've grown a mustache these past three years. Uh-oh. It's happening again. Uh-oh. I, I can confirm. So, go. 
Hey, that will be a fun one, no doubt. Um, who do you like to win the West? You said UConn. I'm going with UConn, man. I'm rolling with UConn. I am, I am with you on this. I think whoever wins this game w- will win the West. Okay. I think the size of Arkansas's guards, if if they play UCLA, is just going to be yeah. a, a bit much. But Rolling with the Hogs in the Final Four. So that's, I am, man. I, I mean, for the people, that is a six seed in Creighton. Right, you had a seven a six, seed. A seven, an, an eight, eight, and, and a two. And a two. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. It's just I, I don't mind that. I, I really don't. I'm not a full believer in Jalen Clark, Liss, UCLA, and Gonzaga, whoever would win that. If if Arkansas somehow beats UConn, that means they're they can definitely beat these two teams. I That's like fair. I because I like UConn over both of them. So we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm excited. It's happening on Thursday night. We'll be is busy. It Thursday. Oh, is it Thursday it's night? It's during Oh March. no. So I'm gonna what be time? seven fifteen. Oh no. So don't I'm telling oh. you right now. Do not tell me the score. I'm recording. It. I'm 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 hosting on Thursday. I'm gonna step up there and be like, but before I make any <laughs> announcements, do not do not say tell a me the score word. of the Arkansas game, dude. I'm just gonna have to give you a look. You'll know. You'll I know, know. I know. I will. You know. Look. Let's be honest. Everybody there knows mm-hmm. that that I'm a Hawk fan. Somebody's gonna say Loud something to me at some point, which it happens. It's tough. It it's really tough. Is. But uh, excited, dude. I I totally forget that. Yo, the Elite Eight is is Thursday, right? Yeah, sorry. And the Elite Eight is the next two days. I I, know. I forget. It's, it's probably one of the coolest one week, or sorry, a week and a half, really, from Thursday last week to Sunday this week. It's probably some of the coolest stretches, I think, in sports. I agree. Um, where you have two four-day weekends jam-packed, some of the best matchups in, in college basketball. Right? Yeah. It's it's awesome. Awesome time of year. Um, So you've got, let's see. Creighton. Are we going? Are we going through our final four here? Yeah, we, we, yeah. Let's roll real quick. Real quick. All right, I'll go ahead and go right because yep. I had Bama. Thing. I had Bama, and then I had I had Tennessee. I'll have Bama winning in the final here, uh, and then Houston and UConn. I got UConn rolling. I got U- UConn rolling over Houston. So, so I've got so, and then in the finals, I got Bama Houston. Or sorry, Bama UConn. What, who? We'll we'll talk okay, about it in a okay, second. Okay, I'm gonna fair. let you get you give me the natty got, first, and we'll. I've got uh, Creighton we'll beating Michigan State. Wow! So Creighton, I love that, John. I really do. I'm, I I'm, love Creighton going on a run. I do. So good. Like, I love just, it. I love it. So I've got Creighton beating Michigan State, and then I've got this is this is the hard part. This is tough. I I just, you got Texas. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I I don't want to be that guy, and because I don't want to be that guy, I'm gonna take Texas to beat. Well, because they're a better team. Yeah, Creighton. Yeah. See, like, we the, say that. Oh, you mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. You mean Arkansas. It's, yes. T- Texas, Texas to beat Arkansas. Texas beat Arkansas. And, okay. and like, okay, I, I know okay. that we say Texas is a better team. And, like, it makes sense to say that. Well, that's what you but said. This, you yeah. said they're the most, one of the most complete teams. Th- they the, are. But, like, just the the thing with Arkansas is, like, they're they're in a very similar boat as Creighton. That's yeah. where they're very talented, and they just haven't been healthy. And they're finally healthy as well. And there's a lot of freshmen who are kind of starting to figure things, who have figured things out. And so that's why I'm a little hesitant to say it. But I will say, if I had to let, if Arkansas were to play Texas and I had to put money down, I, I would take Texas. So okay. I, Good man. I, I will take Texas to beat Arkansas. So I've got Texas and Creighton. That would be great. That'd be a wild game. But who are you rolling with, though? Texas. Yeah, you have to. You I have to. much I hate to say it because I can't stand Texas. You have to. But I yeah, Texas. I mean, your your hands are tied there. I don't think Creighton has. I mean, while I still love them and have loved them, I, you know, again, I I've, I picked them to go pretty deep here, but I, I don't think that they could beat whoever would come out of, of that side of the bracket. Uh, I, whoever comes out of the the West and the I guess is, is that the South the, the Midwest. Whoever comes out of the West and the Midwest, I, I do think will will win the whole thing. Yeah, and that is with with that being said, I mean, Bama is on that side, and so. Or on sorry on the south side, so they're on the other side. I I think it'll be Bama and whoever because it is a if you look at the the Midwest and the West, I think all the best teams are over here. I, I agree. I think you have Bama over it's here. A gauntlet, man. Yeah, it is. It is. So whoever comes out of that, you know, I'm I'm thinking, in this case, I had, I do have Bama and UConn in my in my national championship. Okay, and you've got and I have. See. So, this is keep in mind, Final Four is in Houston. It is. UConn beats Houston in Houston. Nothing's going to stop them, baby. We're going with the Huskies. I like it. We're going with the I Huskies, like baby. UConn. That's what I would seed. think, too. Write it down. Book it. 
Cut the check. Okay. Come on, man. I'm, dude. I'm so fired up about these Huskies, dude. I, I am, and I could look like an idiot if they go lose to Arkansas. Okay. But I think dude. if they beat Arkansas, the train keeps rolling. I was fired about the Arizona Wildcats, and I looked like an idiot round <laughs> one. So it's all good. Well, man. welcome to the club. I don't love that karma there that you just threw on us. Okay. The Huskies are resilient though. They don't need all right bad luck, good luck. They're just a they're a wagon. Okay. The Huskies are a wagon. They're going all the way. Look forward to it though. It'll they could good. they could lose to by twenty to Arkansas, and I would shake your hand and say, "Well done." Yeah. Well, look at, at this point outside of Princeton, and I, I outside of like Princeton and FAU, I'm I'm in a spot where I'd be like, if any if anybody else won, I I don't think I'd be like super surprised. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, no, so, it's it's what makes March Madness. You know. Yeah, it's and what makes it madness. Someone said it this year. Like, usually, you know, there's, like, eight teams who are good enough to win it all. This year, there's, like, 24. Mm. There's there, there's a lot of really good teams out there this year. A lot of really good and teams. And so, we'll see what happens, but that's all I got. You got anything else? Yeah, closing thoughts. Uh, Purdue, hey, listen, if they if they need a coach, I, I know a young a young coach who's worked with the Covenant Christian JV Warriors. We uh, <laughs> second most wins in program history this year. Go. So, yeah, if you need any coaching help, you let me know. And, and I think – on my resume, I'll throw in there. While I'm not an expert on breaking the press, I certainly feel like we would we would allocate more time into dealing with ball pressure because apparently Matt Painter sits around and is like, "Oh, we're just going to get shots up, post entry passes yeah, only all today. day, and we're not going to do even spend five seconds on <laughs> press break." But um, yeah, in general, I didn't think Purdue would go that far. Uh, frustrating to lose in the fashion they did. Hopefully, it in, it invokes change, and and change is coming. You would hope after you something would. like this. You'd also, fingers crossed, Zach Eady coming back. They'd be consistent. Consistent's number one. There's no question, I think, um, if he comes back. But very excited about your Hogs, even though I have them losing to UConn. Arkansas UConn's going to be great. So excited for you, for the team. You know, that's a big win over a very talented Kansas team. But very, very fun. Like I said, very, very fun couple weeks. Um, Shout out to a couple people, to the Indiana fans who were brutal and enjoyed the Purdue loss way too much. Enjoy that, what, 15-point, 16-point L to Miami, okay? <laughs> and enjoy not being very good for the next four years because TJD is not going to be there, okay? So just shout-out to all of you. Good luck the next four years. You'll need it. Um, yeah, and shout-out John, man. This is always, It's always fun coming it on is. here, man. Thank it you. always is. You do a great job. Look, and if... No matter the result of UConn, Arkansas, we we, we gotta do another one. We now. have to run Just it back. Simply, we have that. to run we it have back. To. We, we have, have to. to. So that is, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys will be looking forward to that. But very fun times. Appreciate you, Johnny, as always. Of course, my pleasure. Always, man. All right, that's gonna do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much to Matt Murphy for taking Peace. the time to come on yes, the sir. pod. Um, potentially a pod on Friday with Matt. Oh, d- depending on Dude, schedules and oh, things like that. Oh, bro, I I would I would make it happen if. If well, I know it's gonna be weird because you're gonna want to do one if Arkansas wins, and I'm gonna want to do one if you if UConn wins. So <laughs> I no, don't that, run from the mic. It's all, like look, hey, we win would, or lose, I'm I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, that I'm gonna pencil that in then. Okay. Come Watch on. out, we world. Can do it. Watch out, it. world. Okay. All right. Cool. So that's gonna do it here. <laughs> Friday. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. See we'll talk, you soon. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll see y'all on talk Friday. Soon. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, follow. All, all those types of Have things. Have to, man. Best in the business. That's right. Johnny Schmidt, baby. Talk to y'all on Friday. All right, y'all. Peace.